Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical world view. I'm Bruce Johnson, of course, joined by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. And today is Literature Wednesday, hence the book, hence the uh, well Wednesdayness of this particular episode. Yes, we haven't done this in two months. And finally, an episode goes out on Wednesday, and we couldn't be more excited. Ain't that right, Jake? Mm-hmm. We're, just, mm-hmm. we're just brimming to overflowing with excitement today. Uh, because nice not only are we starting... Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is I get to go back to my favorite episode again. Yay! Um, not only are we getting back into our regular routine of having Wednesday literature episodes again, but we are starting it... In a very brand new way for this show, we are not reading a work of uh, 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 theology or uh, civil governmental structure or something of that nature, although we will be insinuating and drawing many of those same conclusions from the books we are about to read. We are instead reading some works of fiction. That's right. We are reading fiction, fiction on the Reformed Dissenters for the first time in the history of this show, we're very excited. Um, so we are kicking off this new series, which is the Chronicles of Narnia. Hopefully you caught our Friday episode two weeks ago, where we had a discussion with my pastor, Pastor Jonathan Hansen. Jake and I sat down with him at the Connection Church in Lead and discussed for a whole half hour episode, the Chronicles of Narnia. And specifically, we discussed this first book or second, depending on how uh, you feel it should be uh, chronologically ordered, <laughs> but um, we are uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna break some new territory here and make a lot of people mad who are real fans of this series. And we're gonna read the Magician's Nephew first instead of the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I know, I know, we're gonna die. This is this this <laughs> this means this means war. So, um, but if you missed that episode, you should definitely go back and check that out because it was a brilliant conversation. And guess what? We're going to be doing that at the beginning of every month moving forward, because at the beginning of each month, we are going to start the next book in the series. That's right. Next seven months. This is what we're going through. Maybe (laughs) we might break this up after two or three months. We'll see what happens. Okay. That's a long time. But for as long as we're reading this series, we are going to be discussing the next book with my pastor. So we discussed the magician's nephew with him on the show uh, two weeks ago. So go back and check that episode out if you missed it. All right. So today we are delving into the first three, one, two, three, count it, three chapters of the magician's nephew in the Chronicles of Narnia. And uh, those three chapters, in case you're reading along at home, or actually this would be if you're not reading along at home and you're like, what are they? First one is the wrong door. Second one is Diggory and his uncle. And the third one is the wood between the worlds, not the war between the worlds. I read that wrong the first time I read this. <laughs> it's uh, it's the wood. And that actually makes much more sense given the nature of the chapter and the book at large. So yeah, that's what we're talking about. Um, so <clears throat> before we get into all that, though, and we start drawing some conclusions and we start talking about things and pique your interest in this book, um, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. And it's Wednesday. So guess what? Jake Jake got a two-month <laughs> break. And now, now, the man, the myth, the legend is back at it. Jake, take it away. I don't think that's a good thing for most people. I think they're they're like, oh, no, Jake <laughs> has to take thing. over the what are verse you talking again. About? <laughs> I don't think anybody enjoys it, Uh, but (laughs) our verse this week is Psalm 119, verse 97 and 98, I do believe. 
But and it says, <laughs> um, <laughs> and it says, oh how I love your law! It is my meditation all the day. You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. Uh, and again, that is uh, Psalms one nineteen verses ninety seven through ninety eight. And so, the immediately when I look at this, I immediately go back to something that Bruce and I talked about extensively as to applying God's law to our all our ways of life, but specifically to our work. And I see this as when you when you meditate on his law all the day, obviously, right, how are we meditating it on on it all the day? How do we have a Bible cracked open in front of us the entire day when we're supposed to be working? And that would be if we had an understanding of a separation between secular versus sacred. Mm. There is no separation between secular versus sacred. It is all sacred to God. Our meditation on his law is by applying his law to our work, by applying God's principles, God's word to the things that we do throughout all of life. And for men specifically, that is your job. That is that is what you do every single day. That is your 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 workflow. That is whatever you do as an occupation. Whatever that is, you apply God's law to it. And that, that is how we meditate on his law all the day, by using his law in our in our life, in 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 specifically, right? Specifically to work. And I talked about a lot. Uh I specifically brought up the example of uh, cutting an onion as unto the Lord. Please go check out those episodes. I don't know exactly what numbers those are or how long ago that was. Yeah, if, uh, if you look up uh, Building a Christian Culture on our website, go to trdshow.net slash episodes and type in Building a Christian Culture. You'll see our whole series come up there. The latest video uh, in that series is Jacob's episode on Building a Christian cu uh, Culture, a conversation with a chef. So that uh, that's on the mm. website. So, yeah. Uh, and just, I think my charge, I don't know if it was a charge in that one, but my charge throughout that entire series was looking at your job and taking it and breaking it down into its most basic parts, into most the, the most basic things that you would do throughout your daily job. To me, that would be cutting an onion. Probably one of the most simplest things, probably one of the the things that every single chef knows how to do. Of course, cutting any vegetable is something that any chef would know how to do, <laughs> but I bring up an onion because everybody knows onions. <laughs> putting it <laughs> into Everybody knows time. onions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, take the most basic thing, anything. Choose, choose something from your work. Choose it. It doesn't matter. Walking. Do you walk a lot during your job? Now think about that. <laughs> think about it critically. Yeah. Uh, so, and apply God's word to it. So I'll end with that because I know I Brilliant. can ramble on, especially on that topic specifically. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think that that really brings it home because we have a tendency to abstract that and we're like, oh, meditate on it all day. Yeah, that's a great idea. And then Monday comes along and that doesn't happen. And then you feel really bad mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, dang it. Why didn't I, ah, I should have spent the whole day reading the word of God, I guess. I, I don't know. 
but you right. brought it down to, down to earth. You brought that home and you said, yeah, hey, this is what it is. You're, you're not going to spend the whole day reading a book. You are going to spend the whole day living your life. And the way that you live that life should be lived according to the book that you, uh, yeah. if you have more time, should be reading. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's great. Brilliant. All right. So uh, we got three chapters here. This is probably going to be a shorter episode. It's not going to be ridiculously long because A, we don't want to spoil this. Um, so this is <laughs> it's going to be tricky for the next three months, at least two to three months, we are going to be on a tight wire, tightrope, balancing between uh, drawing some really cool conclusions that we really liked and not entirely spoiling the book. So kind of like what we did mm. with the Nefarious movie last week. Um, so hopefully we accomplished this balancing act well, but we should warn you at the beginning, if you haven't read this yet, that's why we should be reading it together. So you and the audience yeah. should be yeah. reading this along yep. with us. And then you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Otherwise, it actually might even be confusing to you. You might even be like, I, I, I'm not following very well because you didn't read along with us. So yeah. that's even more of a reason to read along with us because it'll make, it'll make more sense. And also, um, you'll just have the benefit of reading C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia. I mean, come on. Yeah. It doesn't get better than we're that. Here, it's a fun book. We're not giving you a synopsis of the book. We're not giving yes. you uh, exactly are, what's going on in each chapter. We're giving you key... Yes themes and principles yeah. to derive. Yeah, we're, we're trying to draw out from our perspective what some of the common themes and elements of these chapters are that Lewis was was trying to convey. Um, mm. So it, it starts out the the initial chapter, I think, is is really cool because what he does in that initial chapter is like this introduction to adventure. I kind mm. of think of it like that. It's like it's a little bit um, you're not you're not getting into the weeds of like theology you're not getting it's just it's an adventure and it's like a hook it pulls you in you're like whoa something's happening this is this is this is mysterious this is really interesting yeah. and it, it sets up the rest of the book really really well um and one of the things that i drew from that was just a, a child's natural tendency to want to explore life um you know we've talked so much about the disastrous effects of things like the government school um but also school systems in general like even christian schools it's a copy of the the government schools they tried to take what the secularists did and and build on it make it better take it for christ but sometimes the better option is to get rid of it entirely sometimes the better option is to not do that not do that um and so i think school systems we've talked about before are like a really good example of that in my opinion because you're forcing every child to be the same forcing them to be cookie cutters mm -hmm. to have them sit at a desk all day long and not be a kid not be a child and so reading this chapter i don't know i'd love to hear your thoughts in a second jake but reading this chapter what i really got from it was just this sense of adventure you know these two young kids um you know a boy and a girl they look at adventure differently um but that was still in their nature was, Ooh, there's something mysterious. Let's go figure out what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, let's crawl through the attic and yeah. see what's going on. You know? Yeah. I think, um, kind of my take was on it. And this was, this was your take at the very beginning, Bruce, when, uh, when we were listening to the book, um, together, uh, on our car ride between Moscow and South Dakota, we were listening to this mm -hmm. book, uh, knowing it was coming up. So, on the very first chapter, right, we were listening to it, and Bruce tells me to stop, stop the, uh, stop the book. <laughs> that happened <And> a lot. <laughs> he has a thought. Yeah, and um, and the thought was, and I think this is great and really amazing to draw out of this. And I didn't think of this personally, but that 
the the difference between Polly being a girl and the and um Diggory being a uh being a boy, boy. right? Yeah. And that that even though Polly as a child, right? So so Polly as a child has a very adventurous nature. All children have a very adventurous nature, as you were just saying, Bruce. But it's almost a sense when you have a girl and a boy, a boy will take that adventure, right? And will be daring in that adventure. Will be mm, take risks. Um, right. Will take risks in that adventure. Whereas a girl will be adventurous and be like, oh, that's too dangerous. Oh, we're backing up. Or we're right. retreating. Um whereas and and I think that was um there was a, a part in the first um in in that first chapter where that happened. I think it was in the first chapter. Um, this is a theme I did want to bring out, but oh I yeah, didn't that's know. the um, that's the I think that's the next chapter. Oh no no no, that's the final one, the wood between the worlds. That was that one. Is it? I know oh yes, at. that's true. That is yeah. true. But that that um, Diggory, where Paulie was like, ah, I don't think we should do that. Diggory was mm-hmm. just like, Yes, oh, let's do it. Yes, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> when are we getting in? Gonna get another chance. Right. Um, and I would love to set up for the next chapter how that is a great strength that men should cultivate. Yeah. But should also understand that your greatest strength mm. can be your greatest downfall. Yep. Yep. So, and, and, and just we see that in up, the rest of the chapters as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just yep. setting that up because I know directly in the next next chapter you see that in in chapter four. Sorry, yeah. um, so I won't spoil that. I won't t- say anything about that. I'll hand it over to yeah. Bruce if he has another point. Oh yeah, I got lots of points. Got yeah. lots. And <laughs> That's I was, what I figured. I was thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is not going to be a short episode because I got like four or five more points to make. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the next chapter, we'll move into the next chapter because. The next chapter is basically, it's a couple of things. It's an introduction to a new character on a level that we haven't seen before. But in essence, it's an introduction to two characters. Um, And a far more amplified version of this character comes up in future chapters. So you get to you get to sit in and listen to the inner workings of this person's mind. And have a deeper understanding for the greater evil that comes later. Um, because this particular uh, character is a coward. <laughs> and, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, but like one, one quote that he says, which really gives you some insight into, into his mind. And later on, the greater evil's mind is uh, this character says, men like me who possess hidden, wis- hidden, hidden wisdom are freed from common rules, just as we are cut off from common pleasures. Ours, my boy, is a high and lonely destiny. And he, and he goes on to talk about, um, you know, he looks noble, he grave, mysterious, um, <laughs> to the point that it says Diggory really thought he was saying something rather fine. Um, <laughs> but then, then you realize it's all for his own gain. It's all for his own glory. And that this chapter, I think, really hones in on man's ability to self-justify. Man's ability to be ridiculously haughty and prideful and boastful 
and selfish and self-centered and then justify what he's doing, justify his actions. It, it's second nature to us. I mean, what did Adam do after he committed the first sin as our representative head? He did the worst thing imaginable. What did he do after that? Where did what his first action was? Oh, it wasn't me. It's your fault. God, you gave me this woman. It's her fault. And mm-hmm. by extension, it's your fault. Like, his first gut reaction was to self-justify. No, no, no. She, she made me do it. She, she talked me into it. She gave it to me. And then also he, he blasphemed God. It's the woman that you gave to me. So he mm-hmm. blasphemed two people, self-justifying his own wicked actions. Yeah. So it's second nature to us. That's what we do. But yeah. this chapter outlines well, that, I think, really well. That's why, that's why um, when what happened with Christ on the cross, that's why he had to say it's all through Christ so that no man could boast. Yeah. He knows if they're able to boast, if they're able to say that this is of my own accomplishment, the arrogance would come in. Um, And when I first see that with, um, I don't know if we were saying the character's name. Go ahead. I think that was on purpose, but okay. Um, Uncle Diggory. (laughs) Right. Not yeah. Uncle <laughs> Uncle Diggory. <laughs> Uncle Andrew. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but Uncle Andrew um sees himself as an elitist, right? This is a very elitist mentality that um and you know, we see it today. We see it specifically today, um, especially with Fauci, right, saying he is the science. Right. Yeah. He is the one who <laughs> defines stuff. You have to yep. listen to him. Because he has this knowledge that's above everybody else. He doesn't have mm-hmm. to follow the rules. He doesn't have to follow God's rules. He's better than God. Right? Right. Right. At least that's what yeah, he thinks. And yes, exactly. And then at the end of the day, they're all just cowards. And mm-hmm. I think that's put really well by a statement by Diggory. Um, later in that chapter, he says, even if you are my uncle, um, is that you've behaved like a coward sending a girl to a place you're afraid to go yourself. And that was, that was the whole chapter, right? That was, there was the discussion, there was the self-justifying, but immediately before that, there was the action, a very cowardice action. Um, And I think that the way Lewis portrays that uh, was really well, was really well done. But part of that is is later in the chapter, um, we see the, the, underlying conviction starts to come through. You know, every person is born with the breath of life. Everyone has the soul, has a soul and everyone mm-hmm. has a conscience, no matter how much they've seared it or no matter how much they try to suppress it. And one interesting aspect of this chapter is that uncle Andrew has one as well. Um, and Diggory did a masterful job of kind of pulling that out. So he said, I've never read a story in which people of that sort weren't paid out in the end. And I'll bet you will be too and serve mm. you right. And then it describes Uncle Andrew's reaction. Of all the things Diggory had said, this was the first that really went home. Uncle Andrew started and uh, started and there came over his face a look of such horror that beast though he was, you could almost feel sorry for him. So, and that's what we see in scripture too. They're left with nothing but a fiery expectation of hell, but they, Mm -hmm. they expect it. They know deep down, they understand what's coming, but they try to, again, their self justification can 
cover it up for a while. And we see right after that, a second later, he smoothed it all away and said with a rather forced laugh, well, well, I, I suppose that's a natural thing for a child to think, brought up among women as you've been. Oh, old wives' tale, eh? And then he goes into this whole thing, you know, self-justifying again. So, um, so it's, it's just, it's, I thought that was an interesting thing to, to kind of pull out of that. So um, anything you want to add about that chapter, Jake, before we move on to the last one? I think it was something you were saying uh, before of how the smarter the the smarter you are, the more capacity you have to justify yourself. Mm, yeah. Um, Man's that, wisdom versus God's wisdom. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Man's wisdom kind of puffs up, but God's wisdom actually teaches you to be humble, mm-hmm. even though you're yeah. growing in in knowledge and growing in wisdom. It's a different sort. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I guess we'll move on to the third chapter now. We'll go on to that. Um, but it's very interesting that the rings were certainly something... This is not, not anything like theological, really, or like uh, philosophical or whatever. But I just find the the cool part of the rings being very interesting, a very interesting concept of how the one metal is created from uh both metals are created from inside of the wood from inside of the world in the woods uh just one metal wants to leave the other metal wants to stay and be brought back to it i just think that's very interesting concept Uh, it it doesn't have any like different meaning it's just just a very interesting mechanic i guess yeah yeah yep absolutely um so we're in we're in the, the the final the third chapter and this is kind of the it's literally called the wood between the worlds it's kind of this world that's between the rest of the worlds and what's really interesting about it is it's the kind of place that you could just stay there forever it's peaceful it's quiet there's nothing really happening it's just you're there and you forget how long you've been there um, and I think that that's an interesting illustration of a few things. I think indirectly it, it's partially, um, again, it's not meant to be an allegory, right? But I think partially this is kind of an allegory of heaven. Um, mm. but, but at, at the same time, it's transitory. You're not meant to stay there. And that's, I kind of wrote this in the, yeah. on the side, uh, in the margins transitory, it's of transitory nature, um, and it shows the transitory nature of heaven as well. Um, and on page 35, um, there's this whole discussion between Polly and Diggory. And they're like, yeah. we have to go home. And Diggory doesn't want to go. He just wants to stay. And Polly's like, no, no, no. We have things to do. We have to get back. There's Our work's not finished mm-hmm. yet. Um, and, and it was interesting because that's, that's, that's what heaven is. Heaven is not meant to be our eternal home. It's where we go to be with the Lord until he puts us back where he created us to be. You know, he, he created us different than the angels. We were created for this earth and this earth for us, ultimately for him, but we're all here to glorify him on this earth where we were created to be. Um, Heaven is not our final resting place. It's a, it's a transitory place. It's an in-between. Doug Wilson in, in his book, Heaven Misplaced talks about how, uh, he takes on that verse that says in my father's house are many rooms and, and he says, but that 
word rooms, think of it like a hotel room. Of course, mm. this is a, a million star hotel. This is the best hotel you'll ever stay in. But again, it's a hotel. You're in for a time, for a season, and then you're out. But mm-hmm. keep in mind, it's the kind of place where you almost don't want to go. You don't want to leave. It's so peaceful. You forget. You lose track of time um, because you're with God. You're in the in the very presence of God. So I, anyways, I just thought that was that was kind of interesting. So Yeah. Yeah, that was that was very very cool. And in the, in this chapter is what we were speaking about before, how Polly wants to go back to Earth. Polly wants to go back to her world, her her place, um, because you know there are things to do. That you know mm-hmm. she does. She wants to make sure that that her parents are not worried. You know, but um, she wants to get back home. And Diggory's like, wait, but there are other puddles here. There are other things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's go exploring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and Jen and then it turns into this whole working through this whole pragmatic uh problem solving. Yeah. Uh for the rings and trying to figure out one ring goes out and they think that so there is green and yellow. The yellow one takes them to the in-between place, the wood between the worlds, and the green ring takes them out of the world now it's not until this chapter that you find out that the green ring is something that sends you out it's not it something you to leave. So, right the whereas Polly and Diggory thought that the green ring meant for them to return to earth so yeah. they were jumping into puddles wearing the yellow ring thinking it was gonna <laughs> go out uh, but it's the green ring that goes out. Yep. Uh, again, yep. I don't know what what, what yeah. bigger meaning that has. I don't think everything <laughs> in the story has one, but it would be and very it interesting. Have to either. Yeah. Right. Right. It'd be very yeah. interesting if it did. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what I think is really interesting too. Is like you you read a scriptural story, a story mm-hmm. from the Bible, and there's all sorts of details in there. But not all of them are meant to symbolize something greater either. Some of them are mm-hmm. just meant to get your yeah. imagination going. God created us with an imagination. He gave us a book to help us uh, um, uh, inspire that imagination, right? To instigate it, to get it going, to spark it. And yeah. um, and so some of the details are just meant to do that. So that's okay. And what's really cool about this, we talk all the time. And that's uh, Lore TV, if you've heard about that has the same principle. Um, Christian things, unfortunately, as of late, have been deteriorating um, in quality, right? So uh, that that was Steve Dace's premise when he went to create his movie, was that it shouldn't be like a, a boring, drab, mushy, ushy-gushy, uh, hallmark Christian movie. This should be a solid story. It should be good. It should be yeah. well done. It should be competitive with the secular world. And that's what they did. It's tremendous. And this book, this series, is kind of like a series from a bygone age when Christians were the predominant people in society. And so they were the ones building the things of quality. Um, this is how it's been through almost every previous generation, medieval period. Um, of course, we read in Angels in the Architecture, all the cathedrals, the music they produced, Bach, just everybody in that period who 
they were Christians and they produced the best thing in that generation. And so, I don't know, I read through this and, and it's a story like that. It's a reminder that, hey, Christian stories don't have to stink. They can be good and they should be good. They should be better than good. They should be great. Um, so I just think like little details like that lend themselves to, hey, this should be a great story. And it is. Oh yeah, it's it stood it stood the test of time, right? Uh, yeah. You talk to really anyone, especially you know the chefs whom I work with, right? You you want to talk about secular? Then you mm-hmm. got the most secular you could ever get. But um, <laughs> but um, you tell them and you ask them if they know what the Lord of the Rings are, or I I think I think they would know what the Chronicles of Narnia is, but. And they know it. They know exactly yep. what you're talking about. They've yeah. read it. They've seen it. They've they've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's it's very interesting that even the secular world knows that <laughs> knows of these stories that that are great. They've stand they've stood the test of time. Yes. So. Yep. Awesome. Well, this was um, we really enjoyed this. It was uh, really fun reading it. We're looking forward to going through the next couple of chapters. Uh, next three chapters next week so if you you know are still getting into the swing of things getting used to our wednesday episodes being back it's not too late just read these three and the next three before next week and uh we're very excited to be reading through this and hopefully you're excited to be reading through it with us Mm -hmm. so thank you all so so much for watching or listening to us today don't forget our website which is trdshow.net you can watch all of our episodes for free by going to that website and adding a slash episodes to the end so that's trdshow.net slash episodes you can also send us an email trdshow at protonmail.com and we're looking very much forward we're looking forward very much there it is words are hard uh especially after you've done them for a whole half hour uh we're looking forward to seeing you on friday where uh we have a discussion topic and remember everyone in all that you do do it as unto the lord